0: This is the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue for the best liquor, beer, and wine deals in the River Valley.
1: Arkansas wins the National Championship!
0: Check out Eastside Liquor on Facebook for weekly specials.
1: Say goodbye! Darren McFadden, 80 yards, touchdown!
2: Grant, good to hear from you today. How are you? I'm
3: fine, Phil. It's a beautiful day in the Ozarks.
2: Certainly is. It's not as warm as it is in the Bahamas, but it's nice. It's beautiful. <laughs> the leaves still uh, have the colors. A, um, how much stock are we putting in the next uh, few games for this Arkansas basketball team? Because, you know, you, you, had a, you had an exhibition against a team that might be in the Final Four, and then four games against mid-majors, a disappointing loss, and now you're staring at four games that are going to be against really, really good teams. I mean, four teams you may face in March. Who knows?
3: Yeah, I think you're putting a lot of stock in these. In fact, Eric, he's already talking about how important these games are just to make the NCAA tournament or have a chance to do that. So uh, he knows how much is on them and how really they haven't played very well the last two games, I didn't think. And he, he was pretty concerned after the last game uh, to the point that he was talking about maybe changing some things on defense and uh, you know maybe not able to cover as well as he thought at the guard position, and then also rebounding is a concern. So uh, it, it, it looked and felt a lot better after that Purdue game, didn't it, uh, than after the last couple. And obviously Purdue is very good. They beat Tennessee last night, Tennessee's favorite to win the SEC. Uh, did you guys stay up long enough to uh, to watch the fireworks and the Marquette uh, game against Kansas last night?
0: What happened? Did Hunter Dickinson steal the show?
3: You know, what happened was uh, there was a big dust-up between the coaches, and and they they ran on the floor for a (laughs) second. Even in Maui, where everything is supposed to be laid back, um, you know, it's funny, one time time Arkansas beat Kansas there. I remember Kansas went 0-3, and their fans weren't very happy. But last night, um, I guess, Shaka took exception to uh, something that uh, one of the Kansas players said as he went by the bench, actually, Marquette was beating them pretty good, and they end up winning the game 73-59, you know, a number one versus number four game. But that kind of set things off, and, you know, they called them together, and you could see Bill Self, after all the discussion, you could see him say twice, unbelievable. Like, you know, like, what is he doing over there? But, I mean, for about the first 11 or 12 minutes, Marquette played manic defense. I mean, they just they played so hard defensively; it was amazing, and really kind of set the tone. And uh, it, it wasn't quite that way after the after the dust up, but um, you know, for them to beat Kansas by fourteen was a pretty good early statement in this basketball season.
0: Grant, who do you think? Who, who do you see as our two best guards on this basketball
3: team? You know, is it still, well? Is, is
0: Devo still up there? Is as, as yeah,
3: I, I, I still think Devo. You know, he, he's your fourth year guy. You know, and I think probably, um, I think probably Mark is the other one. Even though Ellis is, has done it, you know, he he's the guy with the ball in his hand the most. Um, but I think Mark. You know, Mark. You could tell uh, took it hard when they lost that game the other night. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I I don't want to set them against it. There's a lot of good ones, you know. (laughs) But uh, that would be my answer, I guess, at the moment.
2: What about in the post? You know, I mean, I think we're – who's going to defend? Who's going to defend without getting into foul trouble there? That's the thing with Makai that I worry about, and he can disappear every once in a while. You know, I mean, to me, these next four games, I want to see if Jalen Graham can stay on the floor, if he can defend, if he can rebound. You know, I just don't think they've – and I would like to see that that back is is uh, yeah. is something that can loosen up a little bit. I still think he's got a lot of promise for this team.
3: Yeah, he had an eight rebound game earlier, and then he, of course, he had those back spasms that didn't even dress out the other night, and that hurt him because Mackay got into foul trouble, didn't play very much, uh, and so then you're you're basically I don't you know I think Brazil uh, is somewhat miscast as like a, he, he's a guy that floats around and makes spectacular plays. But without Mitchell in there, uh, who really has been, uh, I think, inconsistent. I mean, he, he had a tremendous game the game before that, and then there's some games where you can't find him. So uh, I know that's a concern for Eric is, is, uh, is post play.
0: Yeah, he, he's more of a finesse than, than a force. And, and sometimes I, th- I think as a big, you're, you're kind of relying on these guards to get you the ball a little bit because it's such a, 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 a guard-dominated sport. Uh, Grant. Let me let me ask you a little bit about football. What 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 do you want to see out of the Hogs against Missouri? Did you, and did you see the the selection committee's uh co- new new top five?
3: Yeah, I did. I, I was a little surprised by that. I mean, they you know they. I noticed their noses didn't grow, when they said that it had nothing to do with the injury to Florida State's quarterback. <laughs> I mean, why? I was
2: wondering you, about that. Yeah, why no,
0: was they, did say, a they did say
3: Washington team that just won by two points over you know an undefeated Florida State team.
2: They, they did say Grant that it was that, that that's something they might take into account once the conference championship games are over. You know, once right. you have the once you have your your season resumes complete. You know that then you're then you can maybe start going a little bit off of well, who's available. I still don't like the idea of going off of who's available. You know you got to go off of what you what the team has done with a body of work for a team and it's it's wild to think about like uh you know a game in the second week isn't supposed to mean as much as as a game near the end of the season, but then I mean, what are we playing these games for? is it just does that does that mean that the fifth week of the season means more yeah. than the second week i mean well, I just, I just don't get it. it.
3: Yeah, and why is Alabama still at eight when they've been, to me, one of the best teams in the country the last five, six weeks? I mean, I, I know it all sorts itself out, but to me, the big question is going to be if Alabama beats Georgia, does that knock Georgia out completely? You know, we still got a lot of undefeated teams that have. Now, Michigan and Ohio State are going to play each other, and so that'll be, that'll knock it down by one, but. Uh, to me, I mean, if Alabama beats Georgia, they got to be in the Final Four, right? Wouldn't well, then you what think? do you I do mean-
2: with Texas, right? That's the thing. Texas is ranked ahead of Alabama because they I beat know. Them,
3: right? If, I know. If they
2: go and they end up beating the only team that beat them, uh, oh, well, I don't know what the Big 12 is going to lead to because this last week decides who Texas plays. You know, I mean, that's, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Like, that Texas win yeah. over Alabama has got to mean something at some point. It does right well, now because I- they're ahead of them. But it would be crazy to think, I mean, again, some of it has to do with whatever the rankings are going into the championship games. But if Alabama beats Georgia, you move in the eighth seed over four other teams? That's just a big jump.
3: I suspect it'll sort itself out just by what happens on the field. But, you know, maybe it doesn't. Maybe it's one of those five into four won't go things this year.
0: Same with uh, Oregon and Washington, you know, because if if Oregon beats Washington, both their losses would be to each other. And and, and everybody's kind of just saying, well, if Oregon wins, then they're going to be in.
3: But, Matt, you asked me about Arkansas, and I I think that uh, I want to see effort. I mean, I want to see if these guys went crazy in the locker room for the announcement that Sam was staying next year, and let's see that kind of effort because that's what it's going to take against a Missouri team that that has this – this guy Schrader, who's rushed for more than twelve hundred yards, probably going to win the Bortlesworth Award. Or it has a good chance to. Uh, they've got Brady Cook, who's been very good. They're coming off a game, really, when they they had a Houdini escape. Uh, we all watched the end of that game down there in the interview room the other day when they completed that fourth and seventeen pass to keep going and, and beat Florida. You know, with a field goal at the end. So um, they've won. What is that? I think they've won five close ones in a row and I think I read that Arkansas is 2 and 6 in its last eight one score games so it's probably going to have to you know if Arkansas could play great and win the game it may come down to field goal kicking and both teams love their field goal kickers you know Drinkwitz made a big deal out of their guy not being a uh, a Groza award semifinalist so he'll have something to prove and uh I mean I hope it's a game like that I mean I hope it's uh a competitive game, and you—you know—you hear these things about Missouri's fans wanting to take over the stadium, and what's what that going to look like? I—I I really thought uh, there were more fans Saturday night than I expected, and it was good weather. And that helped, but uh, I thought it might be 20,000. It was probably more like 35 or 40, I thought.
0: Yeah, offense has to produce, uh, no question. And then I'm with you, Grant. That running back, he's tough. You got to make their quarterback, you got to make Missouri's quarterback beat you. you. You can't let them run the ball on you like that. But the, the offense. Uh, besides this Florida International game, that they're you know the the starting offense scored or the last touchdown they scored was September sixteenth against BYU at home. If you're looking at teams that are going bowling and 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 good teams, so you want to see you want to see this offense against a real football team do anything.
3: You know, Sam now refers to Missouri as Arkansas's rival. I don't think fans agree. I, I think they're going to still think it's Texas when Texas comes back in here. But uh, Drinkwitz. Uh, has a way of of irritating people sometimes. And I remember the guy was, he was an assistant coach at Springdale under Kevin Johnson the last year I wrote sports. And I remember this really well. And and Kevin Johnson uh, passed away at a a way too early age, like 46. And Eli applied for the head coaching job. He was the offensive coordinator. And uh, a guy named Shane Patrick got the job. And so Eli went to Arkansas State. And I think he was an analyst or something. There and uh, you know under Gus and then moved up and of course became he he went twelve and one at Appy State and uh, has done pretty well in Missouri and, and I know that he rubs a lot of people the wrong way but he's from this state and uh, and maybe through some of that this does become more of a rivalry but Arkansas needs to win a few of these things to make it a real rivalry.
2: Well, look here is the weird aspect about that: Missouri's dominated the rivalry; their fans buy into it. Arkansas fans do not. <laughs> and that's even with, with the Razorbacks losing games to Missouri. So I don't know what it takes. I mean, you saw the reaction from, from uh, the, the baseball schedule. Pl- Arkansas plays Missouri every year. Nobody wanted that, even though in, in a lot of our minds it's like, all right, it's like a series win. Take that. Just be happy with that. Nobody yeah, wants to be, Nobody wants Missouri to be a rival here in Arkansas. But you're right. Boy, Sam did buy yeah. into it because he said that like three or four times in his Monday presser.
3: But he did say he didn't realize the record was seven and two, and he did know that Barry Odom was four and zero against Arkansas when he was at Missouri, and then I think it's one and two. Uh, I guess Sam is one and two against Missouri. So in his mind, he's trying to make it two and two on Friday. It's
2: been fun watching the women's team for the first uh, five games. I, I like watching them against UCA because uh, while uh, while Taylor had herself a nice game. She wasn't dominant, and um, there were four other players, the starters, that really kind of uh, supported a lot. And then there's another aspect to the women's team so far, and it's something Mike said uh, post-game at Arkansas State. He's not sure that they'll be as deep as he thought or hoped that they would be. Uh, so, And we saw that in the way that he used the rotations against UCA and, and really stuck with about six players.
3: Yeah, in fact, in that third quarter, uh, Phil, he played the entire starting five except for four seconds uh, at the end of the quarter when Sasha went in there, and I thought she played really well in the fourth quarter. And, the, you know, there's an art to to playing really well when you don't get that many minutes, and she did that that night. But, you know, Saylor made a good point after the game. I think she and Dada together uh, are getting a lot of confidence in each other, and, and Dada has really played much better the last few games, better than I've Kind of anticipated, and that could make them uh, uh, pretty good this year. But they, you know, and I mean, Saylor got six rebounds, and finally somebody held uh, Scott to seventeen points. She still was tied for leading scorer, as she's been every game. Uh, but but teams are really starting to to zero in on her now and make her probably the number one four focus of their scouting reports. Celebrate the magic of Christmas at the Arlington Resort
4: Hotel and Spa in the historic Venetian dining room this Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. From 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., your Christmas dinner includes a salad bar, carving station, hot buffet items, and desserts featuring traditional and unique items. Over 12, dine for $58 per person, under 12 for $29, and under six, eat free. Reservations required must have a credit card to hold reservation. Call 501-623-7771 or log on at arlingtonhotel.com slash dining for reservations and complete menu items
2: are you in need of an attorney Hickey and Hull Law Partners is your firm Hickey and Hull understand the importance of client communication meeting with you responding to emails and returning calls Hickey and Hull are attorneys you can trust to guide you through a divorce or a custody case criminal charges or even civil lawsuit ready to put their seven decades of experience to work for you and get the best results Every case is important. Hickey and Hull Law Partners strive to give each client the time and attention it deserves. Visit them at KevinHickeyLaw.com. Hickey and Hull Law Partners. Things are about to get better. And now back to the podcast. Clay, how are you today and what's new?
5: I'm doing great. Just, uh, some to quote Mike Burlingame, living the dream.
2: You know, I don't believe people when they say that. But when you tell me that, I actually do believe you. It's because I know you a little bit better.
5: <laughs> I'm free I'm pretty comfortable, pretty happy, pretty pleased. Yeah. got a big crew coming in for Thanksgiving. We'll have I guess one two, three four families and yeah, it'll be about 15 people. got two chickens thawing, two whole chickens, a couple of racks of ribs and then there will be some other people bring some 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 meat, I think. I think there's going to be a crowned rack of ribs. I don't know if you know what that is. but
2: I was going to ask, what goes on the crown here? Is this It's a, a circle. You know, instead of
5: the, li- the ribs laying flat, you, you know, they, you, they're up on the edge, and then they wrap around, and so the, ah, okay. the bones stick up until it looks like a crown. It's like
2: there are I know you've right, probably
5: seen it. You just didn't know what it was.
2: Yeah, but there are people right now. It's good to learn this kind of terminology because <laughs> there are people right now that are spatchcocking a turkey. Yes, and that turns into one of my favorite terms for anything involving cooking. And I have spatchcocked a chicken, but not a turkey.
5: Yeah, it just it makes it cook quicker. You know, you just split it open and lay it flat. And I I don't do that with mine. I put them on a rack, and and then on the rack above it, there's there's pork ribs, and they baste the chickens. to grease, so you got a pretty you know, good plan there. Through. No, it it works. I think think I remember
2: hearing this plan last year. So if it worked last year, it's worked a long time. It's worked for for a long time. Yeah, Yeah,
5: it's worked for a long time.
2: Well, good for you. That's great. And and
5: I I do it at other times. You know, there'll be a we'll just have a big event and and uh, get a bunch of people together and we'll do it. And uh, the women do all the sides and other things, and they really do a nice job. So you know, all I got to do is just take care of the the smoking.
2: Takes care of the cleaning. That's the most. That's the most joint, annoying. It's a aspect
5: joint there. operation.
2: Okay, that's good. Everybody gets involved in it. Yep. So it's paper uh,
5: plates. Uh, I think there is going to be paper plates this time, just because there's so many people, it would just fill up the dishwasher. It's
2: a pro move.
5: Um, you know, we we've uh, remodeled our kitchen, and the last piece came yesterday, which was a, an LG double wide refrigerator, just massive thing. And, of course, it had dents in it. You know, it arrived damaged. So there'll be another one come next week, but this one will work for this weekend. We're
2: watching basketball today. When I looked at the last score, let me double-check this score with Northern Iowa. Uh, Yeah, 41-35, the Panthers leading the Tar Heels at halftime. You never know, Matt, when it comes time for the battle for Atlantis. Anything can happen. Be careful what you ask for. That's exactly right. Should get a good game today against Stanford. Um, and and really, I mean, Matt asked about, is, is the loss to uh, Greensboro in the back of, of your mind? I'm like, well, yeah, maybe a little bit. And some fans are, are saying, it doesn't worry me one bit. I'll tell you, though, these next four games are huge for this team because the Greensboro loss... Is going to hurt on Selection Sunday. That's going to drop you maybe one slot as far as your seating is concerned. These next four games will have so much to do with what can happen on Selection Sunday. So much to do. Like these, you got to win a couple of them. That's how yeah, I look at it.
5: Going two and one last year in Maui was something the selection committee weighed in their favor last year. So if you can, if you can win two out of three on this and then you get duke at home the you know win three out of four then the greensburg game kind of falls down a little bit in importance clay who who is uh if,
0: if i asked i said man give give me if we got to get a stop because it comes down to the team can score a little better but who's our best five our, our best defensive five that you could see playing the last four or five minutes of these games
5: well i i think you in you didn't see much last game but I think you first of all you got to start closest to the basket you got to have a rim protector and I, I, I know he's like oh no you got to have you know a point guard but you saw what happened everything kind of fizzled because if if you gave up a drive there was no one mm-hmm. t- to cause trouble inside Brazil didn't seem like uh, he was quick to the ball didn't want to leave his man. Uh, so I think you gotta have Mitchell, uh, on the floor in that sequence. So keeping him out of foul trouble, I think is important. I haven't seen, uh, anybody step up to be the backup center. It might have been Graham, but he's not playing. He's his back's in a brace right now. Um, Chandler Lawson has been inconsistent. I've liked him at some points and then other points is like, yeah, he's, he's not, he's, he's not operating the way Eric Musselman wants. Um, you know that, but it's it's uh, you went right to where I was going to go, is the important part because the last five minutes in the last several years they could get stops, mm-hmm. and if you can get stops, you can mount a rally. If the other team's not scoring, you can catch them. Uh, and I, I know that sounds really simple. It's kind of like you know in soccer, and you say we'll put a guy put our best player at sweeper because if they can't score, they can't beat us. And, but they, they're giving up things everywhere defensively. I mean, they're, that's like, you know, the dam that's got, you know, five leaks. Where, where do you, where do you patch it first? And, you know, I've seen Devo, you know, make defensive mistakes. You know, there'll be a pick and roll and they got a great shooter and he goes over the screen and Devo goes under it. Well, that's a three and that, that has to get fixed and, uh, and maybe they they were going to cover the, the pick and roll that way, and the you know the the guy with that's that's got the screener is going to jump out there, but they haven't jumped out there.
2: Well, it's interesting. You, you look at the idea that one, you know, you, you, you kind of clean up some of the things that ailed the team last year. So you bring in guys who are better three point shooters, and that might lead to potentially a problem elsewhere, right? Yeah. defending the three or or just defense overall. And that's what this—that's what this time of the season is supposed to be about. Like the first few games, uh, I know you know you're still figuring out rotations and things like that and and everything. But this week you're playing a different sort of opponent than you faced since the Purdue exhibition. Um, and and I just wonder, like, how how drastic of a change do you see defensively? People check in asking if you think might see a, a zone. I'm not sure if that's necessarily in Muss's DNA, but I also know in his DNA is to is to see what works, and they'll. I what think they'll fits be your changed players. defensively somehow. Yeah.
5: Um, you know, I'll watch him, and I think everybody else does too, and see his reaction um, on, on certain situations, and I know that they really are intensely prepared. Uh, their scouting reports are elaborate. You know, they do a great job, you know, the day before and kind of finalizing everything, and... and the last two games it looked like they didn't take the scouting report to the game and he he'll, he'll get that fixed uh, because they they will give them you know the preparation that they need but if it's not translating um you know it it's what you said Phil you know the best offensive players sometimes aren't the best cohesive defensive unit, and it's not because they can't play defense. They're not taking the scouting report and utilizing the information, you know, like this guy's going to do this. They, they knew what those Greensboro guards were going to do, and it looked like that the coach was really upset in the way they reacted to situations.
0: You think um – um do you think Bayfall is, is going to be anything in conference play that can maybe give us six minutes a half?
5: Yeah, I mean, he might. Um, he's he's Donald's All-American, isn't he? He He's a great player, but he's he's not a skilled offensive player. He doesn't catch it great. You know, you see the ball go off his hands. You know, he goes up with rebounding. You know, maybe he tries to get it with one hand and he doesn't get it. Uh, so for him to play, he has to prove to the coach That he's not going to turn it over and he's not going to make defensive mistakes. And just because he can block a shot, uh, doesn't mean he can play great defense. And so he, he has to prove that he understands all of their reads, all of their, uh, the technical aspects of what they want out of defense and not just go out there and react to plays. He can do that. You know, if you, if you say who's, who's got the athletic ability and the length you'd say yeah that guy but i you know it's like what can he do offensively well i don't think he can do much offensively you know he's 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 not really good as a back-to-the-basket player so he doesn't have that he's not really a good shooter um but he's going to develop all those skills they're they're going to they'll give him the off-season work uh to to you know to become a productive offensive player but If you can't catch the ball in traffic, there's not a lot they can do with you offensively.
2: They could call from Andy in Bentonville on the McCarty-Daniel hotline. Hey, Andy, how are you doing today?
6: Hey, good. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Clay, we're going to have to go way back in the time machine. I've got a question for you. Were you working in Tulsa during the early to mid-'80s?
5: Yeah, 78 to 92.
6: Oh, man, okay. You remember the big Julius Pepper player named Chris Pike for Tulsa then? Oh yeah, very. Yeah, I mean, he large was offensive being. tackle, oh, six God. nine, six Where nine, three God. twenty. And uh, well, anyway, because you know Tulsa, Arkansas, I used to play there. I got stationed in Philadelphia in my naval time, so I got to see him play there. But I also had a couple of buddies that went to college at Tulsa, and they said he probably was not the nicest human being in the world. Walking <laughs> of campus, <laughs> uh,
5: he—I mean, he, he they said he mean. said he was
6: just not nice. He was a
5: mean, <laughs> but, uh, mean dude.
6: He was huge, I and for Matt Jones, he's like, I mean, just how do you move a beast like that? I don't know how you yeah, move a human he he like was
5: that. Andre the Giant, what he was.
6: He sure was. Biggest big oh, the right hit,
5: they couldn't find a helmet Did for you him. see that big 6'8", uh,
0: 325 guy that entered the portal from Yale? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a big That's dude, That's what dude. I thought of, yeah.
6: Another yeah. thing, Clint, I'll let you go here. I got your prep rally books in here on my coffee table. Read it about every dang day. It's incredible. Okay, so you po- right. folks out there that don't know about it—that was a lot of fun. Yeah,
2: best high school mind. players got in Arkansas in the world. Yep,
6: thank you. Have a good day. Happy Thanksgiving.
2: A little later than usual, though, but good to hear from you today, Charlie. What's up? What's
7: well, so, up? So you know, I, I am a little late today. You know, I had to just got off work early. You know, getting ready for the holidays. I, I, I know you guys have probably already touched on this, but uh, I'm sorry if I missed it. What? Uh, unit and them talked about it this morning on the uh, Morning Rush. So, what dish uh, or what source of food, whatever, do you have to have on your plate, and what do you not want on your plate, uh, or what would you get? You know, be like, no, nah, I don't need that. You feel go first, and Matt, give me yours. Because I heard units.
2: And I mean, there really isn't anything that I dislike. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm the kind of, I'm the kind of, um, I'm the kind of eater that will eat. Just about anything that is, that is, that is either around my plate or put on my plate. Uh, I would like to be able to identify what it is. Like sometimes I'm a little bit nervous <laughs> about a pile of gloppy yellow stuff that's supposed to be for dessert. It's got to have like a shape to it or, or look like a pie. If it's just a glop of yellow stuff, I might have to pass on it. I'm not sure. I do, what if, I don't want to Someone told question.
5: you that was the best banana pudding in the world. Well, I
2: mean that—that's that. Then I'd have to maybe take their word for it and try it, but maybe not put a full glop of it. But it's like I keep—I can because that can be
5: a little yellowy. Yeah,
2: I can bring up Carlin lines until the sun goes down. Basically, the idea is if I've got to ask what that is, screw it, I pass.
5: Because there's going to be plenty of other stuff that you can identify.
2: Exactly. Uh, What do I have to have? Um, I gotta have so I gotta have some. I gotta have something to drink that's gonna take the edge off. Nah, I'm joking. There's too many people around when, when in some cases, but yeah. on a day like that, on the day like tomorrow for me, hey man, wh- whatever I put on my plate is just up to me. Tomorrow, I'm looking. There's forward gotta to be that. some
5: meat though, doesn't there?
2: Sure. I mean, you gotta have. I mean, it's turkey. Sure, turkey. It's not like I make turkey any other time of the year.
0: And ham. Yeah, a little a little brandy for the stomach.
2: A little opera, a little digestive, right? right? Yeah, we'll get that going at the end of it. No, we hadn't touched on that yet, uh, Charlie. So thanks for uh, thanks for doing the show prep for us today. Chili I cranberry. apologize.
7: I, no, listen, Clay. I have to say this. I was going to say what mine wasn't what, what I don't want, and cranberry. I'm sorry. I don't not know what fan. it is. I am not a fan at all. There, there, uh, that's I a
5: polarized I, uh, part of Thanksgiving. You know, it's like you either really like it or you really don't.
0: You just put it on top of everything. Just put that. Huh. Slide me a, a big slice of that cranberry right there on top.
5: Oh yeah. Matt
2: wants all the cranberry, they do that. and then he wants it mixed in with well, everything you got the, on the plate. You got the the
0: the type of like turkey dressing type gravy they put that you put on the mashed potatoes and this. You call it stuffing or dressing? You know, you put well, it isn't on. Isn't there that. a
2: difference? I don't know. I've never cooked it, but I'll eat it. The dressing is cooked outside the turkey. The stuffing is cooked inside the turkey. Correct. There we go.
5: There's a man that knows.
2: Well, so I just learned that like a couple years ago. Because, I mean, you don't wear stuffing. You wear a dress or dressing. I don't know if that's really why it's called that, but
5: it should. Yeah, and I want want some gravy. If I've got dressing, then I want a little gravy too. I mean, my wife's... Dressing does not need gravy, but I I like to have it just to you know just kind of spread it around on stuff.
0: Macaroni the, and cheese or the cheesy potatoes. Either these way, are the, these are the easy shells and you know, cheese, sweet these potato the, yams. Yeah. The
2: easy questions, guys. Come on, I mean, let's talk about the green stuff. I mean, what kind of green thing? Oh, you got to you know,
0: have some collards. You're a healthy some, eater. Some collards or some green bean casserole for your see, greens.
5: See, the, the, I knew somebody was going to go green bean casserole. To me, green beans is absolutely the most flavorless, worthless <laughs> vegetable that there is. The only way that it works is if you just put lots of other stuff with it. Yeah. So why why do you yeah. like why cream you mushroom to dress soup and fried
2: up? and French fried onions in order to make them palatable?
5: Yeah. I mean it's to, to, do something
2: else. I want roasted Brussels sprouts done just perfectly. Maybe not even roasted. They need to be you know though that were those recipes A little for spinach, you slash fry spinach and garlic. That'll work, too. Got to have the green stuff, too, mm-hmm. Charlie, though. I don't know if you eat much green. Some uh, some jalapenos well,
5: the wrapped plate in needs bacon, to have some jalapeno it. stuffers, the, yeah. The, the plate needs to be colorful, so something green. I get that.
2: Something green, something orange. There's, two, there's already yeah. enough beige <coughs> stuff. And then there's the real yellow butter. stuff that's going to get thrown on your plate for you.
5: Yeah, I got to have some a few real bit, butter.
7: A few beers. Uh, that has to go in, in there with me, you know. Uh, it's 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 Thursday. It's Thanksgiving. No, Cowboys playing. Can't
2: drink. Can't drink my beer and things. Like I understand the idea behind that, but if my if I'm if I'm stuffed full of food, the last thing I need to be reaching for is a beer, like that to be the last thing I need to
5: reach for.
7: Well, yeah, I, before see, I get I'm off the clay, go ahead, Clay. I'm sorry.
5: So instead of beer, then you need some wine, and I I'm I break the rules. I want Cabernet. And with the chicken, you should have white wine, but but I go for the Cabernet.
2: Is that true? It's got to be chicken and white. I thought it's supposed to be whatever you think works with it. Whatever, whatever you well, want. Well, uh, that's with my it.
5: rule. But that's I think the, you know the, those people that you know we were talking about at Yale. I guarantee you, those people there, they they have chicken. They're going to have white wine. Well, it I sounds agree with
7: good. That. Clay, before I get off, you talked this morning about the defense being an issue so far. And I, I brought that up on Monday on here. But Matt had talked about, too, like you talked about guarding the ball on the pick-and-roll issue. Matt had talked about, you know, ball walks a little bit on the back side and the backdoor cuts. If I, was, if I was to bet, uh, i be a betting man. You know, must did talk about maybe changing some things up schematically to kind of fit these guys. But I'll tell you what, if they just come out and play with the intensity that they did against Purdue, uh, I think they're going to be okay. I don't know what's went on these first four games, but particularly the last two, I think they're going to be fine. They'll figure it out anyway. Well, they're going to win this thing too.
5: Yeah, Happy Charlie. Thanksgiving
7: you guys.
5: Same to you. Uh, that, what Muss has always done best, and this is uh, from other coaches, not necessarily that I recognized it, but you know, there's three or four basketball coaches in my you know, my inner circle, you know, guys like Pat Foster and Jim Counts and James Dickey and Brad Dunn, And I, when I listen to them, they talk about the incredible help defense that they play. And that was missing in the last two games.
0: Communication, you got to know, be in between your ball and man. That's right, it's very geometrical.
5: Yeah, I mean, if the ball's on one side of the court, then you know, then then you're you, you got to know how to help stepped play, help. in just yep. a little bit. You got to yeah. play
0: defense as a team, Like Clay. I was I was told these guards, and and, and it kind of seems like, but to be an SEC guard, you're going to be able to beat one on one. So you have to have help. Everybody has a guy that help. can beat one on one.
5: Yeah, and that and Keith Smart told me that, and we're and we're talking about Pinion, and that you know he has to understand that. I'm sorry, my. My one year old lab sees my wife coming home and she's really excited. That's <laughs> okay There's
2: treats on the way.
5: Oh just that she just loves Jean An uh, you know it's it's supposed to be my dog it's her dog. You can let her go Sarah.
2: Well Jean Ann is a treat in and of herself right oh.
5: Yeah. no question yeah and uh, but it's they're they're gonna get better defensively because this coach is gonna fix it and he's gonna play the guys that that and it, he has a system. And you can tell that sometimes they break the code. You know, in other words, the, the guys aren't playing their, their technique or their the you know, the rules, so to speak. You know, like um, you know, Devo forced a guy two different times to the baseline and Tremond Mark is the guy that's supposed to help and cut him off. And they're gonna trap him, you know, on the baseline short of the length. And the guy got all the way to the lane. And then when Trey Martin Mark left him, then he dished it to his man. And those those plays can't happen. And that that's that's not his ability to guard somebody. It's you know, it's it's not playing their rules.
2: Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric.
1: for your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts
2: clay matt christian you know 60 years ago today right about now the shots rang out in downtown dallas it was right about twelve thirty that the uh the presidential car made the hairpin turn towards dealey plaza right in front of the book depository and of course we know the story from there so yeah you know, the anniversary is today and I think the, the actual moment is, is right about now or just past us. And then he was pronounced uh, dead at Parkland Hospital at 1 o'clock. You've been to the uh, Sixth Floor Museum before? Clay, have you been there? In, in, uh, I have. In, in the depository? I've been there I've been there three times. So um, I actually
5: remember that day.
2: Well, um, Believe it or not. Do you want to date yourself?
5: Yeah. I mean, I think I was coming home from second grade walking home and my brothers were telling me about it and they already had their theories my older brothers you know who were like 6th grade and 4th grade i was in 2nd grade and they they told me who they thought did it you know of course they picked a foreign country you know that it was their fault and uh you know it was really interesting what you know what elementary kids would say is like we will get them back that was all what we we thought you know of course it wasn't that but you know, it's just there's a lot of uh, misinformation. You know, in the hours that that came from that. You no, know, if you you know y- y'all weren't old, y'all weren't weren't alive. Yeah, so. That's
2: fourteen years before my uh, yeah. before I was born. But uh, you know, we still it still feels like we sort of live in the reverberations from that moment.
5: But no question.
2: You ever get a chance to visit that Sixth Street or Sixth Floor Museum, uh, where you can see um, the crow's nest and where uh, Oswald set himself up it's uh it's it, it hits you hard it hits you hard when you're yeah, in there
5: not many times you've seen a president in a convertible after that
2: that's true very true um the NFL played a few days after that too that I know that wasn't that the thing that Pete Rozelle said was his biggest regret as NFL commissioner I think college football did not play
5: yeah i don't think they did Yep, it's crazy times.
2: Certainly was, certainly was. Eight seven seven three seven seven sixty nine sixty three. Any remembrances if you were around for that? My father would have been fifteen, and my mom would have been thirteen. So that's that's pretty formative moments. Uh, <laughs> pretty formative. Pretty formative moments for me. That's like you know nine eleven. Uh, the moments where you always remember where you were and the fear that you felt and. And I uh, kind of felt like yep. didn't know that this kind of thing could happen.
5: Oh, people older than me, you know, it's the bombing of Pearl Harbor. Those, these are the kind of dates that you remember. Um, when the Challenger, you know, blew up. You know, those are those are just little things that I remember, and I, I can, of course, I remember. You know, the first steps on the moon, that kind of stuff.
2: You remember the time of day, uh, you know, as yeah. well. And oh, we yeah. all remember the time of day when, when, when 9-11 happened. You mentioned the Challenger explosion. Like, I remember watching, I had played I'd played fake sick and stayed home from school. <laughs> um, that was, what, 86? So I'd have been yes. nine years old, and I've, I played sick to stay home from school and watch The Price is Right, and it happened during The Price is Right. So it would have been after 11 o'clock Eastern time.
5: We watched it... I was watching it with my four-year-old daughter, and she was—I was about. She had afternoon kindergarten. You know, they split it into morning and afternoon. She had afternoon kindergarten. She had her little, you know, little Catholic schoolgirl kindergarten outfit on. We're sitting on the couch, you know, and wanted to watch that. And then when it blew up, then you know, then you got some explaining to do to the kid. Oh, I mean, it was that was tough.
2: Yeah, and I was home alone, just sort of watching the. Watching the, uh, watching the coverage of it, which I can only imagine what it would have felt like on the coverage after Kennedy was shot. I mean, that's, that's really kind of where a lot of uh, news coverage today and the style of it was was created, or 24-hour news, because that was going on at that moment there, right then and there. Sure. Uh-huh. Uh, we've got Brian on the phone here. Hi, Brian. Thanks for calling. What's going on?
1: Hi, hey, what's going on?
2: Just, yeah, living out, just, just living up great, uh, bad moments in, in American history for a moment. Yeah, uh, you're living
6: well, up the bad a bad moment that's going to happen Friday.
2: I'm not convinced that's going to happen. I think it's going to be I, Oh I, I man, expect, I, think, I expect a good football game.
6: I
3: know, I know, I I know exactly there, what
2: you expect, Brian. I mean, I would, I would expect Arkansas, Arkansas to get blown off the ball every single time. Missouri
7: will night. blow Arkansas away. Mm-hmm. I'm sure but
1: I know. But I didn't call, talk about your last loss. I don't mean, know. I pretty much have been right on everything so far. Um, I watched Arkansas basketball, and, and they don't look like they were to the same form they were last year. And watching that between Arkansas and Texas, I think Texas would beat Arkansas, too, again, like they did last year. But anyway, I just wanted to call and say happy Thanksgiving, y'all, and uh, I hope you enjoy the game Friday.
2: Okay, I don't really think he called to say happy Thanksgiving, but it's good to hear yeah, it from you today, Brian. It seems
5: like I remember Arkansas going a little farther in the tournament than Texas. Oh my
2: gosh, <clears throat> I haven't watched Texas basketball. Maybe it Nor, was do, the I, same. nor yeah. do I plan on watching Texas basketball, to be quite honest. Not, not going to I do miss I
5: playing them in, in football. I mean, you know, having an easy victory. You know, that's that's what I miss.
2: Well. I think you <clears throat> I don't expect a blowout on Friday. I'm, I'm not going to go in saying Arkansas is going to win, going to upset them or anything, but I don't think they're going to get blown off the ball. Uh, I, I'd like to hope that, based upon what I've seen for most of this season and the idea that, you know, Missouri hasn't really blown that many teams out. If they, if they got lucky against Florida, um, and that's a team that Arkansas went into Gainesville and beat, I think Arkansas can beat Missouri on Friday in, in Fayetteville. I know I'll be told they can't, but they can.
5: They can. You know, somebody was telling me is like, you know, what does Arkansas have to play for? And I, you know, the trophy is not. That's that's not what they're going to play for. I think you know, modern day players in this era, the last game of the year, you're playing for nil. You're playing for next year's money, and. You want to, you want to have this be the last thing your coaches and remember and the, you know, the, the people that are in charge of NIL, you, you want that money for next year. So I, I think that there will be, there will be people playing hard, you know, and I've, I've heard people say, well, they didn't play hard in that game, didn't play hard in that game. Sometimes I thought they played hard. I thought they didn't play well. Um, you know when Isaiah Satinia runs to, to kickoff from five, four yards deep, that's playing hard. He wants to do something. He's trying hard.
2: Yeah, and then he gets just planted not very at the smart. He got planted at the nineteen right after. Yeah,
5: that. I mean that's just in in you know when the punter kicks it out of bounds, he's trying to overkick it. I mean it's not he he's just not playing well. He not it's not that he's not playing hard, but those are devastating plays. You know in field position and and it's you know and when, when the cornerback steps inside because he thinks it's a run play to the back and it's play action and the quarterback's got it and all once he gets blocked and you say well he wasn't trying no he just misread it he didn't play well he it wasn't that he was not playing hard
2: so then in the games where you end up losing close games you you know there were there were it wasn't a matter of playing hard i mean there was some of the things that might be a little bit easier to get a look at, missing blocks, um, you know, not identifying the twists, it seems that's a, that's a problem that Arkansas has faced on the offensive line is that teams can beat them, twisting their linemen uh, quite often, haven't been able to adjust to that. It's not, I, I can see where you're, where you're going. It's not a matter of playing hard. Um, it's, it's refining how you play in the sport.
5: Playing smart. And, mm-hmm. and Sam said that a few times. I mean, in the early part of the Alabama game mm-hmm. when the safety steps the wrong way and they turn somebody loose, you know, right down the middle of the field for a deep pass, and that, you know, there were ten guys that played hard and there was one guy that stepped wrong. Just didn't recognize, that, you know, made a bust. And but, but that's a 70-yard touchdown or whatever it was, 60 yards. I mean, it's, it's a big play that wasn't the result of not playing hard.
2: Speaking of playing hard, here's go somebody that calls hard, Eduardo. How are you? And happy Thanksgiving.
1: Happy Thanksgiving, gentlemen. Certainly, as I've been saying all week, is a blessed time with our family and friends. As I said, come Friday on the menu. What better way to start out next year for these? If I were addressing it, that's what I'd tell them. I'd say I'm going to give the ball. What's the? What's that freshman running back? And we're going to keep feeding them the ball. Isaiah Bustos. We're going to feed them a big bowl of them. And just keep feeding the ball because, you know, I believe this. If we run the ball, Friday on the menu, put that in the recipe, I mean, we can beat Missouri. Our defense, no doubt, is going to be come to play. They can, they can get some takeaways against Missouri at home. And I say put the recipe on the menu. And I've enjoyed over the decades. Many games, many players have provided my favorite dessert. I call Hawk Delight. And so these, for these players, this is your, you know, no, it's not a bowl. But i tell you what you can do. You can start out next year with some momentum. We can blow the whistle on something. And it's up to you, gentlemen. You're going to be shells buddy. And you're going to go out and send so the Missouri Tigers a big bowl of Hawk Delight. And let's get a big win. It's going off the New Year's and Christmas on a happy note. Thank you, gentlemen.
4: Roar.
2: You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Right now, Eastside Liquor has a truckload of eggnog, winter seasonal beers, stouts and liquors, rum chata, moonshake creams, and more. Don't forget about the hog bourbon decanters. Come by the drive through or walk inside to see Dave and his team at Eastside Liquor, 9390 in Fort Smith. Now, back to the podcast. Oh, Joe Flacco's back in the NFL. 38 year old is signed to be the backup now for the Cleveland Browns. And uh, Drew Brees was asked uh, Tuesday by Greeny on these airwaves if he's getting calls to lure him out of retirement. He said, I can't even throw a football with my right arm anymore. Labrum, yeah. He literally can't. He says he can't even raise it above his his shoulder. I believe it can throw left-handed i wonder i mean you think you think he can you throw left-handed
0: yeah yeah so danny nutt he's, he's pretty ambidextrous he was running back coach while i was up there and he would throw to the running back swing passes a lot and he could throw left or right and and pretty accurate on there and so i we would have con, you know everything there's a competition and so uh by the especially time especially
2: with the nuts right
0: r- right and by the time i got there with my i had labrum surgery as well but by the time i got there i'd throw i could throw left-handed pretty good by the time i left yeah probably yeah How's Although sh- Coach Richardson said I couldn't shoot the ball good left-handed. He said you can't even shoot the ball good right-handed, son. How's, how, what's it like now for you with that shoulder? You know, it doesn't get in the way of my golf game. I think as you get older, you know, what, what can you do?
2: Well, I would not be able to throw that thing left-handed. I would bet Drew Brees can figure it out. But this all goes from the, uh, from the surgery that he had before signing with, um, with the Saints. From the the the, the James, James Andrew I, surgery was that in two thousand six.
0: Alabama should send Drew Brees a, a couple of those rings because Saban would still be at Miami if uh, if the That's doctors true. would have taken Drew Brees and Miami probably would have had
2: a Super Bowl by now. That is how it was going to go, right? He'd was, still be coaching there.
5: Yep. Yeah, the the best ambidextrous U of A athlete of all time, Alex Diller. He could shoot.
3: Received. Threes
5: from like twenty eight feet right handed or left handed. So BJ Singh Clay could break eighty left
0: handed uh, on yeah. the golf course, right? Oh my goodness. Yep.
5: Yeah. Go I heard 10 stories, cup route, huh? Yeah, I heard stories about uh Johnny Manziel going down to Steel Wings Duck Club, which is you know around Carlisle, and they've got a you know, swing simula golf swing simulator and they've got, you know, right handed clubs and left handed clubs and he would you know, fire Three hundred and twenty yard drives, right handed, then you turn around and do it left handed. That's that's who's impressive. The best, who's the best switch hitter in the
0: game right now, Phil? For baseball, who who can hit oh, really rake from both sides of the plate? Because that's a that's such a skill that it doesn't seem like it's there's not a lot of them.
2: I can't think of him off the top of my head, really. I, I I'm not even sure who to who to is, say. Is uh,
0: is Acuna for the Braves? Is he a switch? Does he does he hit from both sides of the plate? I think he is because I,
2: he he has to be up there, right? If it's, if I mean, if he would, if he's a switch hitter, then I would, I would probably put him at the top of the list. The guy's the MV, guy's an MVP. No, he's all right-handed. Okay. And is Shohei Atante? I figure he probably hits. He's, both. Lefty. Both he's a, lefty. He's just a lefty, okay. but he's he's a left-handed hitter. He's a right-handed thrower. Yeah.
5: Oh. The best of all time was Mickey Mantle.
2: Probably so. I think. Yeah. I mean, Chipper Jones would be on the list. Eddie Murray. But as far would be as on power,
5: yeah, just true power. Sure,
2: but it, I mean, it's a rare, it's a rare thing to be yeah. able to do.
0: Did Ricky so, Henderson? Did he he bat both sides, or was he just? No,
2: he's uh, one of the rare stars who who threw lefty and batted righty. Yeah, yeah. There aren't any of those. I don't see any of those ever. You're not supposed to do it that way.
5: The hitting coaches, they hated switch hitters. I mean, I think because it's like you've you got to make time for that guy to practice both sides the equal amount of time, and it's just you know it's he's, he's going to get twice the amount of uh, batting practice as everybody else. Well,
2: there's usually a chasm between, you know, the, the kind of hitter he is from one side and the kind of hitter he is from the other side. Uh, usually, yeah, we you know, saw
5: that with Robert Moore, didn't we?
2: That's right. That's right. Not as much power, you know, or contact from one side of the plate. And the odd thing is that it's I think it's usually the right side, you know, Even the, and most switch hitters are right-handed thrower. You know, they throw right-handed. You would think maybe they would hit better that way, but no. They <laughs> seem to see the ball a little bit better when it's a right-handed pitcher and they're batting left-handed.
5: Well, I always heard that, that they batted more lefty because there just are more right-handed pitchers. That's right. And so they just got more time, live game action against uh, you know from the left side.
2: I know of games that Larry Bird said, I'm just going to play this game left-handed. He scored yeah. 37 points. Yeah, he did. You know, hockey players that can—I mean—you got a curve in your in your in your stick, so you can only shoot one way, but you can score backhanded. Uh, I don't know of any Amherst quarterbacks that played with both hands in a football game. First one probably be the first. North Carolina has taken control of the second half of that uh, game with Northern Iowa, in the first of four games in uh, the start of the battle for Atlantis today. Uh, it is now Tar Heels leading 79. 65. About four minutes left. Heels, heels were down by six uh, going into the break. And Avounce scored Northern Iowa by 20 uh, in the second half. So much to do about, nothing about number 14, uh, so to speak. Maybe not showing up for the first game. Uh, three other games, of course, in, uh, at the Imperial Arena today. Texas Tech and Villanova. Uh, Memphis and Michigan, that's the other side of Arkansas and Stanford. Winners and losers of uh, Stanford Hogs will play the winners and losers of Tigers and Wolverines, <clears throat> and it's a 6:30 tip-off uh, for the Razorbacks and Stanford Cardinal tonight. And then we'll see how it all works for uh, for tomorrow, because we're not necessarily sure the time that that game uh, will be played. Just depends on if they win, if they lose, and kind of go at it from there. But uh, yeah, now uh, now the games are uh, really starting to get underway. Clay, do you, do, you, do you view Thanksgiving more in terms of basketball or more in terms of, of football? Because it's like a football is such a, a sport that is intertwined with the holiday. Uh, it's just, you know, I mean, I know the Mac is playing and, and all of that. We sort of wait for the games Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. You get the Egg Bowl, you get your NFL games. Now there's an NFL game on Friday amongst a few other college football games. Of course, we're playing on Friday. Saturday it wraps up uh, for the college football weekend. But um, with everybody traveling and so much basketball going on too, I think there are some people that view this as a week for basketball. I guess we can view it both ways.
5: Yeah, I think this is probably – it goes it changes from year to year. There, there may not be anything that really fires me up basketball. It has to be Arkansas-related for it to – uh, but I'm I'm trying to watch as much football as I can. Um, I've got a Heisman Trophy vote, and you know you you want to pick out games where there there are guys uh, that that you know could be on the ballot, maybe on the ballot. You know, it's are they you know fringe guys? So you kind of you know channel surfing, picking up games here or there, seeing what's going on. So I probably watch a little more football. You know, over the next four days, um, and this is also the time of year I start to kind of pay a little more attention to NFL games. I definitely watched the that Chiefs uh, Eagles game. Um, you know, I follow the Eagles now. Jeremiah Washburn is coaching the the uh, ends and outside linebackers for the Eagles. You know, that's one of their strengths, so I like to watch. You know, his, his team play, and that was a meaningful game. You know, you got the two. Teams that were in the Super Bowl, but yeah, probably a little more football than basketball. But yeah, I'm definitely going to watch these games that the Razorbacks are playing in the next three days.
0: If um, if Philadelphia doesn't have any injuries, and you and we all know football injuries happen. It is, but, yeah. But Clay, I watched that that Philly Kansas City game as, as well, and man, those are just two really high level football teams right there.
5: Yeah, I kind of felt for both sets of wide receiver that that was just a nasty ugly night to try to catch footballs and you know everybody says then drop here drop there and you know the chiefs have dropped too many they lead the
0: nfl i think they have 26 so far on the yeah
5: year. It, but it's when your hands are wet the quarterback you know the, his pass is just not quite as sharp you know i watched a couple of times you said well that guy's open he should have caught that but the ball is just a little bit here or there from Mahomes, the um you know it's, you know Kelsey. I, you know there were a couple of times where, you know they're doubling him a lot, and it's tough for him to to get open and they're going to try to make you beat beat you with uh, those those wide receivers and those are, those are the guys that haven't come through for him. So I you know I figure the Chiefs will get that together before it's all over, but I really like the Eagles.
2: Eagles do look like they're awfully tough right now, <clears throat> and you just can't stop them on short yardage situations. You know, if it's third and one, third and two, and they get their little push going, it's it's unstoppable. Yeah, it's amazing I mean, to see them get as because they'll show you up close how low those yeah. linemen are getting.
5: It's just, two inches uh, off the off the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, everybody talks about you know Travis Kelsey, but uh, Jason Kelsey, he may be the best of the two.
0: Well, it's that old rugby scrum. I, they went over there and they they watch film on that and and, and learn that type of technique right there. Lowest man wins.
5: Yeah, it's it's uh, it's definitely interesting. You know, it's like um, th- here's a stat for you. I I wrote a piece for for Hogs Plus about Mike Burlingame. You know, who passed away a week ago Saturday. I think his service was last Wednesday in, in Springdale. He taught for. I think 35 years at uh, Southwest Junior High in Springdale, science teacher. But he was the center in uh, 1979. Listen to this stat. Kevin, Kevin Scanlon gave this to me, and I'm sure it's right. They, Coach, Coach Holtz called 20 quarterback sneaks in 1979. Guess how many were successful?
0: 20. 90%. 20. Yeah. All 20. Right, all of them.
5: 20. 20 for 20. I've never heard of anything like that. I mean you think one of them something would go wrong like you know it'd be a ba- bobbled snap and you know the quarterback doesn't get off or uh or there are offsides or you know there's something happened but in the, that, that year they played Texas and Little Rock won 17 to 14 and they ran seven quarterback sneaks converted all seven I, I mean, all that seven is of just them incredible with the,
2: with the quarterback under center too right
5: Oh yeah they, yeah, they it was all under center those days they weren't running shotguns. And
2: we revisited the idea that they're no longer doing fourth and one in the shotgun. Now, <laughs> now it's KJ up under center. And, man, you know, for what are we supposed to do about the A and the B gaps? Well, I don't know. They seem to have figured that out now because they are no longer taking out. it out of the shotgun anymore. To me, that showed a little bit more about the um, the stubbornness of of the play caller. Uh, you know, I, I think Sam was more defending Dan Enos and trying to be, well, this is my man who's calling the plays. i gotta, I got to kind of stick behind him. I don't know how much he believed what he was saying in this, though. Um, yeah, because I mean, it's, yeah. been wor- it's been working now. It's been working now, even though they know the A and the B gap, the A and the B gap.
5: The the most interesting discussion I ever had with the co- head coach, for, for instance, Bobby Petrino told me one time, we were in a one-on-one interview, and we were talking about some of his you know, just things, this you know, philosophy, you know, you don't take you don't run out of bounds if you're a running back. Quarterbacks, he'd let run out of bounds, but running back never run out of bounds. You don't turn down a hit. And then he just kind of blurted this out. It didn't have anything to do with what we were talking about. And he says, and I don't call quarterback sneaks. I was like, well, why not? And he says, I had uh, Jeff Brom, is that how you say it? He's now the head coach at Louisville. Yeah, he was, Brom. He, he was his quarterback, and they ran a quarterback sneak, and it was successful and somebody in the bottom of the pile twisted the quarterback's ankle and he missed three games because of a sprained ankle that was caused by you know the stuff that goes on in that scrum. And I was like, Oh, so I wrote that and then you know, his quarterback's Ryan Mallett, who's six seven, and the next week they ran a quarterback sneak. <laughs> mm-hmm. he, with Mallet. He goes, Well he's six seven, Clay and I was like, but you said you didn't believe in it, And he goes, uh, see, I was just sitting everybody up. <laughs> Got
2: a mobile quarterback with Missouri. Uh, Cook can really run. He ran all over the hogs last year. Yeah, a tune he can, of um, He's
5: dual dual threat. Yeah. I think it was
2: over 150 yards, but uh, netted like 138. hasn't run as much this year, you know I mean he gained I think his net was over 500 yards last year. It's 239 this year, and there's fewer
5: sacks. So well, I really like Schrader. Well, sure. You yeah, absolutely. He's going to win the Burlsworth, isn't he?
2: I can't. I. I mean, I know there. I know there's a couple of others. I don't. And then one's a linebacker. a lineman. I think to me. Plus the story of him coming out of Division Two and then having a walk on at Missouri.
5: Yeah, he's he's terrific. I mean, he's got that, you know that that quick acceleration, and you you better play your run fits right. You got to you know he he will recognize you know. Little jump cut. He's got that in his repertoire. Um, I think the big part of the game is, is stopping him.
0: You're listening to the East Side Liquor Halftime Podcast. Check out
1: the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast at hitthatline.com. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online.
0: This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent.
2: Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.